sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Good morning, everybody. This is Diamond Bets. My name is Matt Stryker. His name is Joe Pizabia. We're coming to you for the second hour. We started at 8 a.m. Eastern time, but we're taking you up to 10 a.m. And there's more great programming coming across all sports grid platforms. Hello to everyone out there in Sirius XM 159. Hello to all our truckers out there listening on the radios. You keep us going. And of course, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV, whenever you're on the go. Now, Joe Pizzapia, you are the man. You are the guy that I get all my information from. I love sitting down with you and talking. So let's go around the diamond and talk about some news and notes that may affect our season-long fantasy, our DFS, and our baseball betting in the coming week. Well, let's start with Matt, uh, probably one of the most underappreciated pitchers in baseball, Tariq Skubal of the Detroit Tigers. Now, luckily, when he got hit this week, it was just a contusion. Nothing's broken, but he left another start where he looks absolutely spectacular. So left shin contusion for Tariq Skubal, so he avoids any major injury. More on him in a second. Clayton Kershaw dealing with the pelvis injury is still a couple weeks away from throwing a bullpen session. So just put that in your minds, boys and girls. He's a couple weeks away from just throwing a bullpen session because when we throw the bullpen session, that puts you a couple weeks away from pitching in the major leagues. So that's a couple weeks plus another couple weeks. That's a month at least. So just wrap your minds around that, everybody, and listen to my Padres conversation, especially if you want. Go back and watch last week's episode of Diamond Bets where we talked about the Padres coming for those Dodgers. Also, Shane Boz uh, dealing with that elbow. He is on his return. He had a nice start in the minor leagues on rehab. Uh, he threw uh, two and a third innings of one-run baseball, and the Cardinals put Tyler O'Neill on the 15-day IL hence the call-up of Nolan Gorman earlier this week. But let's start here with Tariq Skubal because, you know, when we talked about the Tigers in the offseason, everybody's been wanting to talk about, you know, the, the Casey Mize and Matt Mannings of the world. But it's been Skubal who has really been by far their best pitcher this year. It's not even close. And those other guys aren't even contributing right now. So over the first eight starts of the year, he's got a 2.22 ERA, 50 strikeouts in 44 and two-thirds innings, a whip of 1.05. Again, just like Musgrove, we did that last hour. If I just tell you those numbers, you go, oh, that must be Garrett Cole. That must be Verlander. That must be one of the Corbin Burns kind of numbers. No, those numbers belong to Tariq Skubal. And Skubal right now is, I feel like, a 25-year-old kid who's pitching in, in relative obscurity in Detroit. Nobody seems to care. Every week in DFS, if you go look on DraftKings, he's somewhere probably around, you know, 8.5 to 9k on FanDuel. He's gone up a little bit now. He's like in that 9.5 range or something like that. But he's pitching like a guy who should be at the very top of the price board. I think it's important to discuss that because whenever you're looking for, you know, just any investment on a nightly basis, whether it be DFS, whether it be in the betting market, a guy like Tariq Skubal who doesn't get enough public attention, but he is putting up great numbers is always a good investment. And it's one of the few times a week where the Tigers become a good investment. What are your thoughts on what you've seen so far this year out of Tariq Skubal, Matt? Lord Tariq, for me, is only good for K-Props, team on which he plays. There's no other way. You can't take an earned run play on him. You can't take an outs prop on him. And the Tigers have left so many betters scratching their heads. But if you're looking for K-Props or in a DFS situation and you have a good matchup, 
Scoble is absolutely fantastic, but this is one of those cases, Joe, where you tie the pitcher to the team upon which he plays and he kind of gets a little devalued. And that to me is, it's the exact opposite of Clayton Kershaw. We can, we can talk about that as well, but Scoble's good for some K props, Joe. Well, as we welcome in our radio audience here to Sirius XM 159 and all of our radio audiences everywhere, talking about Tariq Skubal being undervalued, underappreciated, so I'm giving him a lot of love and I'm investing in him no matter what Matt says. Uh, let's go to the Dodgers here for a second too real quick about uh, Clayton Kershaw. So he's weeks away from picking up a baseball and then weeks away from throwing that baseball in a major league game. So you don't have Trevor Bauer. Uh, Walker Bueller hasn't been great. Urias is finally turning things around. Tony Gonsolin still pitching well above his head. Uh, are the Dodgers still as invincible as everybody thought they were, except for me, back in April? No. They never were invincible. And that's why I took the under mm. on the win total, but that's biting me in the butt. But here's the thing. So full transparency, for those that don't know, I spent uh, nearly half my life as a professional wrestler. And I'll tell you something about pelvis injuries, hips, anything like that. They take so much longer than you think. And think about what pitching has to do with and think about a pelvis it's a very very particular succinct diagnosis here a pelvis it's not a lower body injury it's not it's his pelvis so to me i'm putting clayton kershaw in the back and i'm forgetting about him until he's back on the field two starts in not one start two starts in pelvis injuries forget about it it's it's something as simple as sometimes you can't even walk straight nonetheless throw a curveball hmm. well the Rays have Shane Boz coming back soon, and Luis Patino is going to start his rehab yes. in June. So you've got not one, but two of the best young pitching prospects in baseball who are eventually this summer going to join Shane McClanahan in that rotation. So as I said before, the Rays are going to add pieces from within and probably from outside of the organization at some point in time. This is an interesting time to buy in on the Rays, period, across the board. In the fantasy leagues, if those guys are around and available, pluck them up off the waiver wire, stash them on your team. Yes. You'll be grateful you did if you have the opportunity to do that. And on top of which, this is the time from the betting standpoint where you look at the Rays. And every year we talk about the Rays, and their win total is somehow less than it should be, and every year they go over it. This is why, because pitching, pitching, <laughs> pitching, pitching. We come back, we're going to talk more baseball here on Diamond Bets. We'll be right back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Diamond Bets. My name is Matt Stryker. His name is Joe Pizzapia. He's a great follow on social media at Joe Pizzapia 17. SportsGrid's a great follow at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV. The reason I bring up social media, Joe, is because this is the portion of the show where we're talking pretty much directly to our season-long fantasy players. And everyone's always refreshing. Everyone's always reacting off the news. And everyone's always running to their waiver wires. That's how you win leagues. So let's run to the waiver wire and see what you, Master Joe Pizzapia, are seeing on the <laughs> wire. I'm seeing familiar names, Matthew. That's what I'm mm. seeing. Names that are not new to us, but might be able to help us, at least in the short term. And the first one is Mike 
Moustakis. Myles Moustakis was a, a really good, solid fantasy player for many years. And unfortunately, injuries have kind of, you know, derailed him a bit. He was absolutely dreadful in the month of April when he tried to, you know, come back here right away from the injury. But now, if you look at the overall numbers, they're not so bad. Uh, so he's got three home runs on the year. He's hitting 240. It's kind of ho-hum, lackluster, whatever. But he's rostered in just 30% of formats right now, which I think is way too little. And the point I'm making is if you look in May, he looks much more like the Mike Moustakas we know. So in the month of May, he's hitting 254 with a 371 OBP and an 863 OPS. That's really good, a 492 slugging. So all three of his home runs have come in the month of May so far. He's been much hotter here. Uh, the BABIP is at a reasonable number, too, at 267. So it's not like a crazy number. He's hitting 250. Mike Moustakas is a, a guy who can hit 20 to 25 home runs for you. And he can absolutely hit 250 and be a contributor and qualify at multiple positions, too, because chances are he qualifies at more than just first base or third base for you. Um, second base, not so much anymore. I don't think the uh, the body is willing to do the things it was a couple years ago for money in Milwaukee. Uh, but Mike <laughs> Moustakas can still be a contributor to your fantasy team especially in those deeper leagues and the fact that he's available in 70 percent of leagues right now i think is kind of shocking uh because you know what you're getting when mike moustakas is right and unfortunately he just hasn't been healthy and this reds team as dreadful as they are they've started to pull themselves out of that dread in the last few weeks and they've been a little bit more respectable not a lot but just a little bit more and part of the reason is you're getting bats back like Mike Moustakis, Tyler, Tyler Naquin, another guy who might be floating around your waiver wire, also has been pretty darn good over the last two weeks. So there's value in bad teams if you know where to look. And everybody's having injury issues right now on their fantasy teams. And Mike Moustakis is a guy that plays the two-corner positions. You can throw him in the utility spot or just keep him for depth. But I think it's worth adding because he is another one of these pieces, Matt, that could be on a different team. And if you drop Mike Moustakis into a good lineup, you know, in a better ball, well, it doesn't get much better than Cincinnati. I'll, I'll correct myself <laughs> there. But if you drop into a better lineup, at least, yeah, there's even upside for a little bit more. So Moustakas is a guy that I should add. Are you surprised that he was actually available in 70% of leagues right now? No, because the way that season-long fantasy baseball goes, everyone has very short memories and everyone forgets and they're on to the next guy. Uh, it's funny, about 10 days ago, the Reds were on a tear and I saw a stat that the Reds are now on pace for 90 wins. And if a cat had a square butt, he'd poop bricks. Now they're falling back to earth, but they're still on pace for, I think, almost 80 now. Uh, Joey Votto back, Tyler Stevenson raking. So if Moustakis can reap some of the benefits... It might be a play, depending on you as an individual fantasy manager out there, what your needs are. That's what this is all about. I wouldn't just run and grab a guy because, oh, he's available. You have to look for your needs, unless you're trying to block uh, another fantasy manager from picking up this player. But I don't think Moustakis is that guy. You usually see that more with pitching. But, yeah, it's nice to see Moustakis back in the conversation. And uh, you make a great point. Look at what happened with Robbie Cano in San Diego, albeit for just a moment in time. He was relevant again. So uh, let's see what happens. Uh, the Reds could be shipping off a lot of players in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if Moustakas plays well, he's definitely going to be one of those players. So uh, I think he's worthy of an ad and stash at the very least right now when you're looking for depth. Uh, another guy, too, more of a depth piece, but he's pitched really well somehow, uh, is Jose Quintana of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yes, we're talking about somebody on the Pirates. All the love to the bad teams today. That's the theme of Diamond Bets. But Look at what Quintana's done so far. I mean, he's rostered in 20% of leagues. That's just 20% of leagues, and I understand why he's earned that over the years. But he is, right now, we're 37 innings, just giving up 26 hits, 
30 strikeouts to 14 walks. So the strikeouts aren't, you know, a K per nine where you'd like them to be. He's got a 1.08 whip. He's always been kind of a crafty guy, a lefty, a 2.19 ERA on the year. Jose Quintana can help a contending team. There's teams like the Dodgers right now that could use some pitching help. If that guy got dealt to the Dodgers tomorrow, people would be running to the waiver wire to pick him up. Jose Quintana is not going to last most likely on this team in Pittsburgh if he continues to pitch like this. So add him for a buck now instead of waiting. And and then all of a sudden he gets moved and people are rushing to the waiver wire and paying five, ten right. times as much. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So I understand people's concerns. Quintana's had one of the stranger careers, a guy who was great when he was young, pitching for bad White Sox teams. Then he goes to a better Cubs team into the National League with no DH and kind of falls apart. And we all look at each other like, how did this happen? I don't understand the path here. So very strange circumstance. I guess he liked the South side more. I don't know. I don't know what happened with Jose Quintana. All I know is that right now, it's not one start or two starts. It's over seven starts. He's been really, really good, Matt. Yeah. So you can never have enough pitching depth. I know it's tough to throw him out in the lineup, but if you play the matchups carefully or you play the two start weeks and hope that in the next maybe six weeks, he gets dealt to a contender. This could be another useful piece if you're proactive instead of reactive about it. I would not be surprised if come 4th of July barbecue at Joe's house, we're talking about Jose Quintana in a New York Mets uniform. We started mm -hmm. the first hour of the show all the way back at 8 a.m. Eastern talking about Scherzer going away for eight weeks and what the Mets need to do. Ding, ding, ding. Here it is. If you're not going to go shopping in Oakland, why not go shopping in Pittsburgh and grab a guy like Quintana? Everyone knows, everyone knows when you pass through the Pittsburgh Pirates system, when it comes to pitching, something happens the minute you go somewhere else. So why not for the Mets? Good point about the Dodgers, though, and they'll probably go in and snipe the Mets on that one. What's next? Well, I mean, Uncle Steve is definitely going to Uncle shop Steve. somewhere big. Steve. Uncle Steve does not shop at Walmart. Uncle Steve is not at the dollar store anymore. No, 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 Mets fans. Uncle Steve is going to go out and he's going to go to Whole Foods. He's going to get you all the things that mm -hmm. taste really good. And you don't even know the crazy ingredients that they're all natural and they're good for you and they're delicious. Thank you, Uncle Steve. Please continue to shop at the high price places. All right. One name that got sent down last week, but it's a big name is Alex Kirilov, who's kind of getting lost in the prospect shuffle here. And Alex Kirilov is a pretty good hitter. Once again, injuries are the issue here. Uh, he is rostered still in just 35% of leagues and probably dropping more this weekend because he got sent down. This is an opportunity yeah. when he gets sent down to pick him up because he's a much better hitter than what you've seen this year. Over 29 at-bats this year, he had a buck 72. He was terrible, but he was also dealing with multiple injuries, right? One put him on the IL, and when he came back, he just didn't look like himself, and they just wanted to get him consistent playing time, take some pressure off of him. He had a four-hit night the other night in AAA, Alex Kirilov, I have very little concern about because he's been a very professional, solid hitter. He's already hit at the big league level. Uh, is he a game-changing prospect? Probably not, but is he a contributor? Absolutely. So I'm looking at Kirilov as a guy that many people have soured on. This is a perfect time to buy low in a trade or pick up off the waiver wire if somebody dropped him or if he's still floating around there because I think in the second half he will be a contributor to the Twins because they have a place for him. They have a need for him. What are your thoughts on kind of being the counterintuitive Alex Kirilov pickup right now as people are dropping him everywhere. It depends on if you have room in your season long rosters. Uh, there's a lot of guys. Look at Josh Lowe with Tampa Bay, got sent down. A lot of people held on to him in anticipation he's going to come back up. You got to know your league and you got to know if you have sharps and sharks in your league that know who these guys are. If you're playing in a league with, a, with some uh, twits, if you will, and no one has any idea who they are, then you can let them sit because no one's going to pick them up. 
Uh, a good name, though, for Minnesota, by the way, is Jose Miranda. That's a guy that people should be looking at because he's up and he is playing. But if you want to spec on Kirilov and you have the need and you want to stash him, by all means, go right ahead. Interesting buy low in Dynasty right now, too, on Kirilov. So in those Dynasty ah, formats, point. I'd be looking. All right, let's move back into the wagering world and let's talk a little bit about the games that have uh, our eyes and our attention coming up next week. Some big-time pitching matchups and more. So stick around. We're going to break it all down for you right here on SportsGrid on Diamond Bits. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, folks, welcome back in. This is Diamond Bets. Matt Stryker and Joe Pizzapia come your way each and every Sunday morning. You can keep us in your pocket at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV, in the ever-changing world of sports. And, Joe, I've heard it said that uh, anxiety is worrying about the future. Depression is worrying about the past. Just be here now. But as sports wagers, we need some high anxiety. So let's look ahead at some of the <laughs> matchups that jump out to your astute eye how we can try to find some value. What do you got for the week ahead? Well, let's start here with Milwaukee and San Diego, right? I keep talking about all the San Diego pitching the whole show. We might as well look ahead for what they've got. Now, in this first matchup, they got Adrian Hauser, who's capable of going out there and throwing a very good start against Blake Snell, who's just recently returned to that San Diego rotation right. and probably will still have some limitations. Uh, he's a guy that even on a good day can struggle sometimes with his efficiency numbers. So he might not be very long for this game. So Hauser might be an interesting wager that night uh, because people would automatically see the name of Snell and think, oh, it's going to be, you know, it's Blake Snell. He's one of Cy Young. He's Blake Snell. But, you know, Blake Snell right now is still working his way back to being Blake Snell and he's still got a little ways to go. Uh, so Adrian Hauser in that first game, I think this advantage there for the Milwaukee Brewers. Then you have uh, Corbin Burns versus you Darvish. This is the one. And look, you know, in DFS that night, uh, if you want to go oppo with you Darvish, you can. I'm not saying you can't make money on it. Of course, any given night, you can have the Padres match up with uh, any team. But Corbin Burns right now has just been fantastic. He's the reigning Cy Young. He's given you every reason for confidence in the world. So I would still be on the Corbin Burns side of this game. And then Eric Lauer who recently came off one of his shakier starts, but still wasn't a terrible one. I think he still had seven strikeouts that night or something ridiculous like that against Sean Mania. So these are really tight games for the most part here, especially in these latter two. Uh, they can really go in those four outcome kind of ways. So I guess my question for you, Matt, is when you see Burns versus Darvish, Lauer versus Mania, are you just looking for K props? Are you looking for uh, or going under potentially on the totals of the runs? How do you approach these games? Because these are some serious pitchers out there, all capable of throwing up a whole lot of goose eggs for a whole lot of innings. So I'm just curious how you see these games. Oh, it's a great question. And thank you for asking. And the first thing that jumps out at me is that these three games will be played in San Diego. Is that correct? <laughs> that is correct. Yep. So then here's the thing. You can't take the Brewers on, on a run line play because a lot of people say that you don't take the road team on the run line because they get one less turn at bat and all this and that. So then what are you going to see here? How are you going to wager Milwaukee? Well, Joe's right. The K props, if they're positioned well, and you have to look at San Diego's K rate against the pitch selection of each pitcher. It's not just San Diego's K rate is X percent. It's their K rate against the fastball 
against the slider, against the change, against the sinker. That's how you work K props in a tight series like this. I'll be honest with you, it's stay away. And I know people don't like to hear mm. that, but what you do is you watch this, you monitor it, and then you inform your wagers moving forward. That to me is the way to yeah. get the most value out of a series like this because you don't know what there's anyone out there that tells you, I've got a beat on this. I know they're lying. There's no way in the world to know. So if the money is minus and heavy and you don't want to go that way and you're leaning Milwaukee and you don't want to go a run line, then just watch and take mental notes and apply it moving forward. That's my thought. Yeah. I, I think when you're looking at this too, you know, the Willie Adams injury. You know, with him being on the IL, um, that's another big bat out of this lineup. Yelich has once again had the hot and cold streaks going on. Um, I think there's some room here, especially with the U Darvish and Sean Maniah strikeout totals that I would still be in on, depending on what those numbers are. I would imagine Darvish would be somewhere around six and a half. Actually, they can get over on that. Uh, Maniah, I think, would probably be somewhere around six if I had to ballpark it. I'd probably be over on that as well. Um and I think, you know, maybe this is that point, like you said, Brewers on the road, not at home, different, you know, environment, different situation. And I feel like the Padres kind of smell blood in the water a little bit with the Dodgers. I think this is an important statement game because these teams might match up against each other in the playoffs as well. This is a good test, um, especially against Corbin Burns. I'm never going to bet against Corbin Burns, but I can bet a little bit against the Milwaukee lineup right now. I think it's a little banged up. It's not 100%, or is it firing on all cylinders like it was just two weeks ago? All right, Toronto is going to travel to L.A. and hang out in the sunshine with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. So Shohei Otani is going to start this first game of the series on 526 against Hyunjin Ryu, who's recently returned from injury. Then Alec Manoa, who got a win yesterday against uh, Silseth. Then you've got Kikuchi versus Michael Lorenzen in the third game. And in the fourth game, Jose Barrios, the charismatic enigma versus Patrick Sandoval. <laughs> uh, we're all still trying to find out who Jose Barrios is and uh, <laughs> whether we can invest in him. And right now the answer is still no, because it's just all over the place. I know the last start was better, but again, it's, it's, he gets a win. He pitches well, but the strikeouts aren't there. And then it's just week to week with him. And I have a hard time going in on this. Otani, I feel great about in that matchup. I think that's a win for the Angels. I think the Manoa side, you got to go with the win there for Toronto. It's these next two games I think are fascinating and have a lot of potential. Now, Kikuchi's pitched a little bit better than people give him credit for. Yeah. Is Kikuchi the kind of guy that can go out there and throw a surprising game against a pretty good Angels lineup? And, and you seem to be thinking that that might be exactly the route to go. I could hear you already. Well, you just asked a question, is he the kind of guy that can do it? And yes, he can. And if you've been mm -hmm. watching the Angels lately, I, I think they just dropped a series to Texas. Like they, all of a sudden it's up and down, hot and cold. So I think the book knows that. The Angels have become, in my opinion, probably the third most public team in baseball outside of the Yankees and the Dodgers, <laughs> as they should be. So the lines are a bit inflated. So I'd watch the baseball. Uh, that first game, outside of the cultural significance, uh, I think it's all day Otani, and you can play the K props. Uh, stay away from Otani total base props on days that he's pitching. Just doesn't seem to work out. From there, Manoa and Cole Silseth. Look, this kid Silseth is, is 22 years old. Uh, he's got a 96-mile-per-hour fastball. I think he's got a cutter as well that's really nasty or a splitter, one of those kind of pitches. But Manoa's just been absolutely great. But the thing about this game is you know what you're getting with Manoa, the jury's still out on Silseth. He, he, had, a, he had a good start uh, a mm. couple of days ago, but you don't know what you're going to get. So, again, I would look at some Manoa K props there. 
The Kikuchi Lorenzen play, you're a thousand percent right. This is the intrigue. I would wait to see how the first two games play out before I decide how I'm going to wager on the next two, because uh, those are toss-ups. As of right now, just looking at it on paper, call it a split and walk away. I would also start to wonder when Taylor Ward's bubble is going to burst, because he's not going to hit 370 all year. Well, I think he got uh, hurt. He is he's, he's certainly. Hurt. Well, I mean, look, 28-year-old late day. bloomers, I'm always a little skeptical. But, you know, I, I look at the guy like Taylor Ward and I say, okay, I mean, he's had a phenomenal beginning of the year, hitting an incredible line of protection with Trout and Otani, two MVPs right after you. Of course, he's going to have a good season. So I, I guess there's 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 room for error now, as you're saying, with the Angels, where that come back to earth mm -hmm. moment is starting to feel a little bit like it's settling in. And, and look, it, baseball's a game of streaks, right? They, it goes up, it goes down. Uh, right now, when you look at this particular series, I think Manoa is people will be afraid to invest in Manoa because it's against the angels. And I would not, I think Manoa is that good. And I feel like Manoa has shown you and it starts against the Yankees and it starts against the Red Sox. He's like, yeah, yeah, this is the big stage. I want the ball. I want to be there. He seems to be that guy that pitches better in these situations. So I'm actually all over Alec Manoa in that second game. I'd be all over Otani in the first because that Toronto lineup as good as it is. There are some strikeouts to be had there. It's that Kikuchi game to me that I think could be that sneaky Kikuchi investment. There, you know, the crafty lefty guy. And then Barrios and Sandoval, you could have that one. I'm walking away. I want nothing to do with it. I'm out. I'm like that dealer when they, you know, clap their hands and they show you they got, they're sure, out. Sure they walk over the table. That's me. That's me. Show my hands. I'm clapping out. I'm done. All right, let's go to this last one. You got the Yankees against the Rays. And what's fascinating about this is I look at the pitchers the Rays are throwing out in this series. And all I keep thinking about is Shane Boz is coming back soon. And all I keep thinking about is Patino could be right around the corner too, before we know it. So in this first one, we got Luis Severino versus Yarborough. Of course, everyone's going to be over on the Yankee side of this one with Severino. Then Tyon against Springs, Garrett Cole against the Klubes, Corey Kluber, and then Jordan Montgomery against McClanahan. Now, I don't care if it's the Yankees. I don't care if it's the 27 Yankees. You can invest in Shane McClanahan. He has been absolutely awesome. He has been everything you've wanted and more. You want to invest in McClanahan this last game against the Yankees because a lot of people will be afraid to, and I think you can because he's been that good and he's proven it. And if it backfires, it backfires. But I don't. I think you're going to get some favorable numbers there because it is against the very public Yankee team. And then you've got Garrett Cole, who we just, in the last hour, talked about how great he's been over the last 20 innings. Absolutely dominant, 24 strikeouts and just two walks. He's been brilliant there. And let's face it, this lineup has struggled a little bit here for Tampa recently. And keep an eye on that Wander Franco quad injury, too, if he misses any time. Kluber has been decent. There's no doubt about that. But he's not going to be a matchup there for Garrett Cole unless things go sideways. And then it's the first two games also that seem to favor the Yankees. But they are in Tampa. This is not in Yankee Stadium. How much of a factor does that play in for you, Matt, when you're looking at these first few games? We kind of know these last two where, you know, the, the pitching – lies it's the Yankees with Cole and then the last game with McClanahan but what about in these first two games here with Severino and Tyon can they go in there into Tampa and can that offense travel as well into this ballpark it's a little less favorable in terms of scoring runs yeah. so a the ballpark matters a thousand percent because uh, if you want to get in on the Yankees you're gonna have to lay some serious minus money but again listen I I don't buy into the whole don't take a road team on the run line. I mean, nine times out of 10, I agree, but there's a time where you can. The Yankees might be that team. 
Um, the first three matchups, look, we're about seven years to the day where Tampa introduced this opener concept. I think that's what we're going to see. Your McClanahan play is smart in that fourth game. If that K prop sits about six and a half, seven and a half, maybe, that's a nice number. But you're right, being in Tampa, it's going to make it hard to find some value for the Yankees. And the Yankees are eight and two over the last 10 games. Those streaks come to an end as well. Could be here. We'll be back with more questions right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. folks welcome back in this is diamond bets we are cruising along matt striker and joe pizapia here you there you can follow joe at, at joe pizapia 17 you can follow sports grid at sports grid at sports grid tv take us with you everywhere you go now it is time to round the bases and rounding third and heading for home is a brown-eyed handsome man named joe pizapia he's the author of the black book series and this is where we start to ask questions we pick joe's beautiful, bald brain, and we find out what's inside. Joe, sir, are you ready to have your beautiful bald brain picked? <laughs> Say that three times I am. really fast. And that's the problem. Okay. That's why there's no hair there anymore is because it's been picked <laughs> clean. There's nothing there okay. remaining anymore. But yes, I, I love this segment because we ask Let's the important it. questions and we do our best to give the correct answers. Are we always right? No. Are we right a lot of the times? I think we are. So let's go. Let's do it. I'm ready. Okay. I'm down. Well, here we go. Question number one, Josie. Josie, that's what I'm calling you now. Uh, with the Max Scherzer injury news. today. That's who I am. <laughs> are the Mets going to make a move for a starting pitcher, Joe? And if so, some names? Well, I'll say this. First of all, the move that they made for Chris Bassett is looming so mm. large right now. Because that guy has pitched just incredible baseball since he's become a Met. Now he's been really good in Oakland too. A lot of people didn't realize how good I feel like he stepped his game up to a new level. And I like that they paid him and they were like, look, we, we appreciate what you're doing. We recognize what you mean to this team right now. And I think that goes a long way for Chris Bassett. And I think it goes a long way for the other players when they see that sort of response, you know, Max Scherzer goes down and later in that week, they're like, Chris Bassett, you're the guy, here you go, go be the guy. And here's some extra money. Go do it. It's like when you're, you know, when your grandmother would say, go get yourself here. He's $20. Go get yourself something, you know, when you'd leave. Uh, this is to me a, a must that the Mets continue to get more pitching because they're already all in. So if you've already made all these acquisitions, you spent all this money, you don't have a sure thing of Jacob deGrom ever coming back here. There, and, and I know that's a sad thing and it sounds very depressing to think about, but I'm just being realistic. Could he come back and pitch well? Sure. So far, things are healing and all this stuff is going great, but we heard that same noise this offseason and then it was another injury. Max Scherzer will theoretically be back, but it's going to be probably around the All-Star break and that's a long time. So what you have to do is you have to go out there and acquire a pitcher that you believe can be a guy that can pitch for you in the playoffs. You have Scherzer, you have Bassett. Who's that next guy? Is it Carrasco? Maybe, but I think that's more of a fourth guy. I think what you want to do right now is go and look for somebody like a Frankie Montas. And I think he's the perfect guy. Mm -hmm. The A's have held on to Frankie Montas specifically to wait for the market to heat up for him so they can get somebody to overpay. The Mets have the prospects to do it. I don't think Luis Castillo or Tyler Molly are really an upgrade over what they've got now. I really don't. 
Uh, Castillo's been all over the place and has also been an injury risk in the last year or so. So for me, it's Montas or bust, but I do think they will be aggressive. And I think Montas will inevitably be that guy. Um, I don't think it's going to be a low end Quintana guy. I don't think it's going to be somebody like that. I don't think uncle Stevie wants to do that. Uncle Stevie, that doesn't get him excited. It doesn't move the needle here for uncle Stevie in New York. So I'll ask you, Matt Stryker, what do the Mets do? Do they add a starting pitcher and what ilk is that pitcher if they do add one? So I'm going to tell you, man, sometimes Dollar Tree is a great store because you can get the same thing in Dollar Tree for 99 cents that you get at the big box stores for $99. So I think if you go out and you put together a, maybe a Quintana and a Bruce Zimmerman, you're able to at least keep your farm system. You're able to at least have something left in your pocket. You go out for a Montas, you're going to have to really give up a lot and you're mortgaging your future. But it all depends what's meaningful to you, winning a World Series now or being competitive and contending for them over the next few seasons. Remains to be seen. Uh, next question here, and this is a great one because a lot of season-long fantasy players always chase this stat along with saves and it's stolen bases. So, Joe, who's the biggest stolen base threat in baseball? I mean, immediately five names come to mind outside of the obvious guy at the top, but I'd like to know, who do you think? Well, the obvious guy is still Trey Turner, even though he's not leading the league. But I think the one we all have to mm -hmm. stand up and take notice of, of how aggressive he's been, because he's got more attempts than anybody, is Julio Rodriguez. He's got 12 steals and 15 attempts. Now, nobody has attempted, only three guys have attempted double digits. He's one of them. So uh, I think Julio is fascinating because he also has that power. And, you know, we're waiting for these 30-30 guys in our youth, Matt, you know, we had a lot of those guys, those 30-30 or even 40-40 club guys. You don't see that very often. Stolen bases have become no. kind of a lost art form, but not for Julio Rodriguez. So because he's been so successful and aggressive, I'm going to say it's Julio because Trey Turner is a boring answer. And you got Miles Straw and Acuna. Look, I want to give Acuna a lot of love because he's also one of those guys. And he started the season late and he's a perfect eight for eight with stolen bases right now. <laughs> so Acuna's not mm -hmm. a bad name either. But I want to say Julio because it's fresh and new and and I want to be excited about something because I'm still miserable in my heart about Max Scherzer. So give me Julio. He's the biggest threat right now because he's the most <laughs> aggressive. And I like that. Matt, who's uh, who's that guy for you? Who's the stolen base master? So I'll see your Julio and I'll raise you some lesser known mm -hmm. names, at least out of Baltimore. Jorge right. Mateo, man, this guy runs. Boy, oh boy, does he run. I'm sure you can go out there and get him somewhere. Also, St. Louis has always been known for creating runs. Harrison Bader, Tommy Edmond, these guys move as well. So I definitely think that there's uh, some stolen base potential for some season-long fantasy managers out there, and Mateo might be the guy that you can go out and grab. Uh, question number three, this is a guy that you cannot go out and grab because he is, I would say, 99 to not 100% owned in all leagues, and that is Juan Soto. And the question remains, Joe, will Juan Soto be traded before the deadline? No. And I know we talked about this hour one. I just, I don't see that deal being there. Um, if, if you're being realistic, and I think we did something similar to this last week, but let's be realistic. Let's go through them. The Yankees might have the, the pieces to make that kind of a move. I don't think they have the inclination to when they're already talking about trying to sign Aaron Judge. And I still think they want to, from a PR standpoint, they want to, they want to keep their guy homegrown Yankee guys. And they, 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 it's the Yankee way. That's what they want to do. And they want to bring up the Volpe's of the world and the Dominguez's of the world. And so those guys can offset the cost of when it's going to be for them to continue to have the contract of a Stanton, Nicole, and eventually an Aaron Judge. Uh, Tampa is not going to have that kind of 
uh, stuff to go through and do that. Toronto doesn't have that kind of juice anymore left in the system. Uh, if you go to the Central, the White Sox don't have that juice and nobody else has the inclination. The Twins have pieces that are fascinating, but I don't think they have the depth, especially pitching-wise, to pull off that move. Uh, Houston doesn't. The, they just don't right now. They don't have that depth. They've lost those draft picks over the years because of the scandal. The Angels certainly don't. Um, in the National League, the Braves aren't going to make that move because it's in division. Uh, the Mets have the pieces to make that move, have the impetus to make that move. Uncle Stevie wants him, but Uncle Stevie's probably not going to get him unless they say, you know what? Here's the massive overpay of the universe. Give us Juan Soto and you're going to rebuild the team in your division. I'm all for that, but I just don't think the Nats are going to be, which then leaves you to the teams in the central. Milwaukee and St. Louis don't have the goods. The Dodgers already dealt all their goods. The Padres are the one other team out there that lingers. And what's fascinating about the Padres is you can start with a CJ Abrams. You can start with a Mackenzie Gore. You start with pieces that already have had some major league experience and shown you some different, different levels of major league success. So if there's one team out there that I think could pull it off in theory and in reality, it's the Padres. And they have the inclination to do it too, once again. Because then you can hold Juan Soto for a couple of years. You put Soto, Machado, and Tatis. And remember, Tatis is still on that younger contract, right? So they haven't had to pay him. You know, Machado, they're paying a lot right now. They, there's a lot of pieces moving here in that sense. But that's the one team to me. But I still don't think it's going to happen, Matt. What do you think? Soto to the Pirates. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, because of, <laughs> because of how you laid it out. And, and that's why you're the best guy with whom to have these conversations, because it, it is the pieces, but it's also the inclination. I think that's a word that isn't used enough. You know, who, who's inclined to make this move? Uh, Washington, whether you realize it or not, they're in the driver's seat. Even though they're looking up at everybody else, they have the prized possession here. What they choose to do with it remains to be seen. Maybe they, they don't trade him and they build around him. But I just, I don't know, this Nelson Cruz signing is what left me scratching my head. It made me think they were going to go out and do some stuff. Now we're talking about depleting what's around Nelson Cruz. It's just strange. And then again, everything in Washington is strange. Can't believe anything anyone says out there. Mm. All right, question number four, Joe. Uh, which power hitter do you predict will heat up now that the weather is getting warmer? This is a great question. A great question. Mm. We're going to see play overs, folks. Play total base props because the weather's getting warmer and the ball is going to fly. I think Juan Soto's a guy that can benefit from warmer weather. But what says you? Uh, I says Austin Riley of the Braves. Um, Austin Riley's hitting 230 right now with a 763 OPS. But he's still got eight bombs. Austin Riley's a real good hitter and he's been kind of slow this year to, to you know, kind of compare to at least what he did last season. But Austin Riley is a is a hitter who we saw last year just wire to wire, just bring it. And I think Acuna being back in this lineup is is very good for him. Is a little bit more protection, a little bit more guys in front of him. Uh, I think he's the guy who's going to really heat up personally. That's that's the one that I would circle. Uh, another power hitter, you know, I think at some point Randy Rosarena is going to pick things up as well. Been kind of a quiet start to the season for him. This was the rookie of the year. This is a 25-25 kind of talent. He's only got four home runs on the season. But that's another guy, too, that I would absolutely circle. So for me, it would be um, guys like Austin Riley and a Randy Rosarena type who I think we haven't really seen the best out of them yet. And they can be a little streaky at times. But those are two names for me. Any names for you that pop out that maybe uh, power wise are ready to start heating up as we get to Memorial Day? Yep, I mentioned Soto and also Nolan Arenado. Look, sometimes and I learned this from you, Joe, some people want to be right. and Some people want to be different. Everyone go out there and be different. I just want to be right. So I'm going to take the guys that 
proved to me season in and season out that they played in the back of their baseball cards. Soto, Arenado, these are the guys that I think still have some room to grow, at least based off what they're doing so far this season. All right, this is the final question. It's a fun one. I actually did some research on this. Uh, which team has the best <laughs> mascot in baseball? Now, best obviously is a subjective word, but uh, I looked up, you know, Colorado's mascot is called Dinger, and it's a dinosaur, and I couldn't make the connection until I read into the fact that when they were building Coors Field, they found a, like a triceratops skull or something in the foundation, which is ridiculous, and uh, thus Dinger the dinosaur. Uh, there's also Bernie Brewer with the Hulk Hogan mustache going down the slide. Uh, Billy Marlin, the Friar. But I like Fred mm -hmm. Bird, even though he looks nothing like what a real Cardinal looks like. Uh, but uh, what do you got, buddy? Mascot, best one in baseball. Fred Bird always looks. Say the chicken. No, no. Well, well, the chicken is the answer. But the, the Fre Fred Bird always looks like he wants to get into a fist fight. I don't know what it is about that guy. Um, <laughs> the Philadelphia fanatic. The Philly fanatic is the end all be all. I think the gold standard of all mascots. I actually, true story, my freshman year at college, I was rounding a corner in Philadelphia uh, going back to my dorm room. And right in front of me is the Philly fanatic on the street, true story, doing some sort of event, I guess, at the college next door. And of all the straight, like I'm literally like moment in time rounding the corner and you don't expect the Philly fanatic. And all I can think oh. to say to him was like, hey, it's the Philly fanatic. And he was just like, this to me. And he waved me off and walked by in classic Philly fanatic fashion. I was like, that guy's the best. He is in character all the time. He doesn't care. Uh, but there's some crappy mascots as well. I just want to point that out. But another all-time favorite of mine is Yuppie in Montreal because oh, I don't know no, what the no. hell Yuppie was. We'll never know what Yuppie was, and we'll never <laughs> see Yuppie again. So he becomes a legend. So there you have it. Uh, before we close things out here, uh mascot conversation this is a fun question nice job boys. uh we're gonna do a little three outs of things that we have our eyes on for next week in major league baseball so stick around we'll tell you what those things are right after this sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Welcome back in Diamond Bets, taking it home. Stick around. Betting above the rim comes your way right after this. Remember, at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV, it's your way to keep your finger on the pulse of everything going down with sports. I want to thank my co-host, Joe PZP, the man that drives the train. I want to thank Andrew Botch. I want to thank Kofsky. I just want to thank everyone at SportsGrid. And now it is time for three outs, Joe. So what are three things you're looking forward to this week in Major League Baseball? Well, what I'm looking for is that Mets rotation, if they can hold up here. Does Tyler McGill come back by the end of the week, and is he able to start contributing again? Can they hold down the fort? Chances are no, but we shall see. Anything is possible. Uh, the other thing, too, is can the Yankees stay hot? Because they have been as good as it gets. I mean, they're just hitting balls all over the place, out of the ballpark. They are 8-2 and two over the last 10 games. The Yankees are on a roll, but then they're going to Tampa. Tampa's like that team. I feel like they just kind of has their number sometimes. And they just, you know, it seems like David and Goliath that every time David just sticks him right in the middle of the forehead with that rock. And I love that about the Rays. It's a fun thing to watch. And 
They got McClanahan in that series. They got Kluber in that series. If they upset Cole, there's no reason to think that maybe, just maybe they could come away and winning that series. And then more rookies because I'm getting greedy. That's what I want. We got Rutschman. We got Nolan Gorman. I don't know who else is out there left that I'm really excited about. Max Meyer, unfortunately, went on the uh, IL. He was dealing yeah. with a little nerve issue. So, unfortunately, we have to wait a little longer for him, which stinks. But overall, right now, it's fun to watch these rookies play. And it's great to see rookies like Julio Rodriguez starting to really come into their own. And uh, guys like Bobby Witt, too. It's It's been fun. And, and I'm hopeful that Adley Rutschman could be that next guy, right? Because the Baltimore Orioles and the Baltimore fans need something, Matty, don't they? Yeah, I agree. And a little known fact about that David and Goliath thing, David wasn't even supposed to be there that day. And then finally he took mm -hmm. down the big giant, chopped off his head, cleaned his sword with the giant's hair, looked up and saw all the Philistines running away. So when you are face-to-face -face with a giant, make sure that you knock them down. There you have it. We'll be back with more Diamond Bats next week, right here on Sports Grid. <laughs>